Welcome to this week's episode of Urbane Legends, the podcast which is on the internet. I am Australian trade envoy, Chris Flynn, and with me, as always, if you go down to the woods today, you're sure of a big surprise. It is local craftsman, Mr. Neil Herbert. You didn't tell me this was going to be on the internet, Chris. I'm not sure I feel about that. Oh, really? Do you not... Does it um, offend your craftsman ways? Well, yeah. I just feel, you know, that's all of these NFTs and cryptocurrencies and all this nonsense. I like yeah. a nice handcraft. I thought we were going to build this out of wood. <laughs> build this you know, like a little wax wood. cylinder and just broadcast it in a forest somewhere for anyone strolling across to to listen to if they come across it. You're going to... Honest. Honest. You're going whist- to whistle... The yeah, whistling in rooms yeah. yes. <laughs> on, on big in a, in a dead language <laughs> and leave them lying around, um, maybe causing your own conspiracy theories or something. Wow, you never know. So, what kind of what kind of crafting have you been doing this week? Have you been making maybe a nice uh, fisherman's lure, something like that? Um, yeah, um, so obviously, you know, there's always, it was a little, little side hustle with the, with the laws. They tend to be, um, yeah. they tend it's to a be good quite map popular. For you around here. Yeah. But no, I've just been continuing that project of, um, you know, building an effigy in my own image that I can then, then worship. You just worship your, the image of so, yourself. Itself, yeah. Oh, that's, um, sort of like him. That's very modern of you. Well done. Well, I mean, you know, you argue that's probably whether, you know, things like the Sphinx and the, the, the pyramids go back to, so. I mean, obviously, I'd like to have something that was four miles high, but, you know, don't tend to get pieces of wood that large and the lathe would be be held to engineer, (laughs) so. Uh, Could you not use several different bits of wood and put them together, or is that... In like a sort of pyramid shape? Yeah. No, I think structurally that might be be problem. Anyway, is it... Look, you know, it's also... Yeah, I guess the thing is um, it would be difficult to get planning permission or, in fact, yeah. even purchasing enough land to to, to build um, a four-mile-high a four pyramid, which somehow has an effigy of yourself well, I mean, I mean, I do, I do, I do live in a studio flat, as you know, Chris, so it's, you know... Bed set. It's quite pokey as it is, and it's... Um, it's a know, bed set, no. You don't, it's quite you, cluttered, yeah. It's a bed set. Bed set, studio, you, whatever. You share the toilet. <laughs> yeah. With um with that guy who screams all night and um the drug dealer. He's he's up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> one of them's flushing things down and one of them's something else, but yeah. Well, you know, it's um it's a rich rich tapestry, isn't it? Your yeah, um, you know. your lodgings. Yeah. <laughs> so um cast of characters. Neil, this week we're going to look into uh, something that I've not heard of, but um, that certainly captured my heart and imagination very quickly. Oh. Um, and they are the Melonheads. <laughs> um, you mentioned this earlier, and I did have to look up. It's, it wasn't the band with Even Dando. That was the Lemonheads. So, mm. you know. And it wasn't the... Absolutely no one else is confused about it that. It wasn't point, the, but they... the presenter, Jill Dando. No. So um, this is from the USA, and um, it seems to be uh, it's not it's not it's not in one location. They have been spotted in Michigan, Ohio, and Connecticut. So Michigan mm. and Ohio aren't that far away from each other, but Connecticut certainly is in that distance. Yeah, maybe so, some of them went hiking. They had a falling out. Maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, what are they first? Let's 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 find yeah. Out. So I'm going to start off with Wikipedia, and then I mean, there's loads about these on the internet. Um, but I'm going to start That's off with Wikipedia. Probably start. Um, so, uh, oh, at the top it says here, Melonheads redirects here for the Los Angeles Ram supporters. See Melonheads for the rail species. <laughs> right. Let's let's have a let's have a quick sidebar into that because I want to know what that means. Uh, the Melonheads are a group of fans of the Los Angeles Rams that attend games with a carved-out watermelon placed on their heads. 
They are similar to the cheese heads of the Green Bay Packers with their usage or food memorabilia on their heads. Though Wisconsin is known for cheese products, while Los Angeles is not known for watermelons. That is both disappointingly prosaic and completely baffling at the same time. What, put a melon on your head? You're in for a good, you're in for a treat. I can barely find a hat that fits. I don't think I'd find a melon big enough to stick Melons on my Melons are pretty big now. Pretty big. We'll try it. We'll try it and we'll put it... It's <laughs> not we can do an experiment, yeah. But um, No, because there is... I mean, this weird spot... That, that's odd and it sounds a bit affected, to be honest with you. Melon heads. Because, yeah, it, it's something just, that's intrinsic to your local community. Well, I think probably... Thought it was what, funny, didn't they? And then someone, stuck like, a oh, me- someone stuck half a melon on their head because they probably bought Everybody it. Everybody else was like... Brilliant, I'll just copy that. Well, I probably bought it in the car park where you could buy, like, yeah. watermelon stuff. They're pissed up. Because I have tailgating, don't they? They all have a big yeah, Had a few buds. Had a few bud lights. Stuck it on his head. A bit of fun. Everyone was, like, brilliant. Well, he probably put it on his head, and then they won. And then they were like, oh, you got to wear it next week. And then they won again. And then so they all started wearing it, and then it just became a thing. Well, because this is, um, and I think it might be Cleveland. I'm not sure. I, I probably got that wrong. Um, where does the rapper Wiz Khalifa come from? Do you know him better than I do? Oh, okay. Anyway, he did a song called Black and Yellow, didn't he? It's about his hometown or whatever. I, I think it might be Cleveland. I might have that completely wrong, so apologies to him. But no, they have these, um, the, the, their sports thing that they do, they have a thing called the Terrible Town, and they're known for just waving He's towels Pittsburgh. around. Was it Pittsburgh? Hmm. Um, look up Pittsburgh Terrible Town. No. I don't think I'm making this up. It you sounds like it. I am. All right, let's have a look. Terrible tale. It's just a weird thing to... There's a lot of interesting kind of American sports mascots. It's almost um, it's almost as if the sport's quite boring, so they are... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, term, term-based rugby. Just, yeah, the Pittsburgh... Yeah, it's Pittsburgh, sorry, not Cleveland. Pittsburgh Steelers, um, NFL. Why is it a terrible tale? I, I think it was just something that they produced one year, but it just became really iconic. Mm-hmm. And now they wave towels around and shit like this. Wow. God, yeah, they just wanted a gimmick, and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do a towel, and we'll call it the terrible towel. Don't forget to pack the towel. I found Terry Bradshaw sitting on the still near his locker reading the film reports. How do you feel about the terrible towel, I asked him. He looked up and said, huh? I check him <laughs> off as a yes. I reported back to Ted Atkins that the scene is overwhelmingly approved of the towel. Fair enough. Anyway, there you go. Um, yeah, they, they wave towels around at their... Uh, Sporting events that's in Pittsburgh. Right. So yeah, there's man. some. There's no. I think that's. I think it's. I quite like that. It's quite idiosyncratic. It's um. Feels it's feels a bit forced, but there we go. It's, yeah, I mean, it's slightly like you know. I imagine like wearing a parrot on your shoulder or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? I don't. Yeah, we draw attention to it. You're the one talking about it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, if you'll move out of the way by penny farthing. <laughs> yeah. I'm off to get my moustache waxed. Um. So. Melonheads, the non-sporting variety. Yes. In the American folklore of Ohio, Michigan, and Connecticut, melonheads are beings generally described as small humanoids with bulbous heads who occasionally emerge from hiding places to attack people. So I've immediately got a question there. We're calling them humanoids. Yeah. Because I did, I did look up a picture of this. You mentioned it. I, I've, I've never heard of these. Um, but I, I did look up a picture, and they just look like... What's, the, what's it called? Is it... Um, was it macrocephalitic or hydrocephalitic? When it, Hydrocephal- um, you, there's a birth defect where you get water on the brain. It basically yeah. swells the skull. Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get into that, Neil. So different variations of the legend attribute different origins to the entities. So mm-hmm. we're going to go through the three different origins. Humanoid sounds extraterrestrial to me. That's all I'm saying. But they could be robots or they could be a military experiment gone wrong. Probably. Or just a natural a so, natural. The legend in Michigan. The Melonheads of Michigan are said to reside around Felt Mansion. That sounds sounds like a kid's play area, doesn't it? Um, Although they have also been reportedly seen in the southern forested areas of Ottawa County. According to one story, they were originally children children with uh, hydrocephalus. who lived at the Junction Insane Asylum near Feltmanton. <laughs> oh, you've got water on your brain. You're not getting... <laughs> yeah, so clear, clearly you must be, yeah. 
mind you, that's probably about a period of time where so, anyone with any kind of yeah the story away. the story explains that after right. enduring physical and emotional abuse, they became feral and were released into the forests around his island. Just release them. The Allegan County Historical Society asserts that the asylum never existed, although it was at one point um, a prison. However, the story has been part of local folklore for several decades. Lake Town Township Manager Al uh, Meshkin told the Holland Sentinel that he had heard tales as a teenager, noting that his friends referred to to the beings as wobbleheads. Um, so that's like the things you put on the car dashboard, which have got the big yeah, heads. Yeah, bubble, bubble heads. Yeah. yeah, well, they, they do have oversized heads, don't they, I suppose. But um, well, I'm just thinking now as well, I don't know how familiar you are with the Friday the 13th movies, but he's Not got like all. a bit of an enlarged head. Has he? Or, yeah. or Sloth from the Goonies. A little kid. Or Sloth from the Goonies, yeah. Which is more my speed. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't seen the Goonies in years. No, I mean, Probably a good reason for that. Some versions of the legend said that the children once lived in the mansion itself, but later retreated to a system of caverns or caves in a nearby hill left over from an abandoned zoo. Uh, Some versions of this legend say that the children devised a plan to escape and kill the doctor who had abused them. It said that the children had no place to hide the body, so they cut it up into small pieces, which are hid around the mansion. Rumours exist that teenagers who had broken into the mansion saw the ghosts of the children and claimed to see the shadows of the doctor's murder through the light coming from an open door. The legend has spread out through the region, even becoming the subject of a 2011 film simply titled The Melonheads, which is based around the West Michigan legend. So that's it, the that's it's kind of It's kind of a silly... Um title for your so i mean there's quite a lot in there so but i mean firstly they're calling them humanoids but then that just seems to have well I mean, no, wait like a natural second. explanation wait a second that's one of three that's one okay that's one of three yeah because i imagine there'll be extraterrestrials in there somewhere so so this is so okay so they're mm. you know they, they were just they were just born with a birth defect and then they decided to chuck them away in a they were abused by a doctor yeah who by a mad doctor they for were some either reason released and into they, the wild as feral or they escaped into the caves well, in a zoo. That that load of caverns that, that used to be a zoo, apparently, because we don't have particularly great... I mean... Well, no, if you remember in um, Police Academy 3, <laughs> there, um, there's, uh, there's a gang headquarters in an abandoned zoo and there's lots of caves there. So, you know, that that could be true based on that documentary. That's, that's true. I mean, yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait... Yeah, I imagine that's what a melon head would sound like. So, do you want to hear about the legend in Ohio? I do, yeah. So, where, where I are do, these, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it's three different species or something. You know, maybe, maybe there are some feral kids and some extraterrestrials and whatever the other one is. Medical experiment gone wrong. So, or, you know, military. The melon, the melon heads stories of Ohio are primarily associated with the Cleveland suburb of Kirtland. According to local law, the melon heads were originally orphans under the mis- <laughs> under the watch of a mysterious figure known as Doctor Crow. Uh, sometimes so spelled, was this, was this around the thirties or forties. <laughs> sometimes spelled as Crow with an E, Crow K R O H E or Crow K R O H, or known as Doctor Melonhead. Crow is said to have performed unusual experiments on the children who developed large hairless heads and malformed bodies. Some accounts came that the children were already suffering from hydrocephalus uh, yeah. and that Crow injected even more fluid into their brains. <laughs> right, let's get well, some yeah. more in there. No, no, exactly. It's like, you know, you've got to see what the tolerance is. Just, just put more, just put more, just how big can the head get? How big of a melon, you know? Are we talking like a honeydew or a, or a watermelon? I don't know what, what what's the biggest of melons. Watermelon, I'd say. Yeah, probably. Honeydew is quite small, isn't it? Yeah, but very probably sweet. Like, like normal head sod. No, smaller I've never than had that one. You've never that, had that, honeydew so, yeah, melon, no, the yellow one. Never had honeydew melon. No, I've had I've had like the you know whatever your regular Can, melons are called. Honeydew is probably the most regular one in the UK. Oh, maybe I've had it then. Really it's nice. got the yellow, the yellow skin. Yeah, yeah, yellow skin. Yeah, yeah that's honeydew. I've seen them. Yeah. 
I've never, well, all right, never, I've never bought an eight one. I've like, you know, oh. occasionally will buy a watermelon or something like that. I don't buy melons. The thing is, there's not much to them, is there? Well, they're, they're quite heavy and it's tasty. quite water- They're nice. I know, don't get me wrong, I like them, but. You can. It's a if, lot to lug back if you don't have a car, which I don't. For this, watermelon <laughs> in your little, in your little, uh, yeah, wheelbarrow. Put it in my little basket in my uh, in my, my little bike and just you know think Pee Wee Herman just ding, trip ding. it up and down to the shop. Yeah, but you um, know I couldn't fit two melons in there, Chris. I've you, got beer and stuff in there. <laughs> you can cut a uh, a hole in a melon and just put a bottle of vodka in there, and the, it, and the melon will just take uh, pretty That's much right, yeah. all the vodka you can give it. So maybe that will maybe that's something to do. I well, no, I would I would probably liquidise the um, the pulp and strain it, and then mix that with the vodka. Nah, no, because you want to have eating vodka, don't you? I don't know. Nice I got drunk eating on vodka. vodka jelly when I was at university, and that put me off getting drunk. I've never got shapes. I've never got drunk on vodka jelly, although I've had lots of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I ate most of it because no one else was that interested. And I was <laughs> just, just having a very boozy yeah. trifle. Vodka yeah. <laughs> jelly, rum, or sherry. Sherry in a trifle, isn't it? Uh, whiskey cream. <laughs> I think they've made it with vodka, and it didn't yeah. set massively well. So it was just the best part of a bottle of vodka, basically. Yeah. But in solid form. Yeah, very yeah. weird I've to had get it. drunk off of. Yeah. Um, so eventually the legend continues that children kill Crow, burning the orphanage and retreating to the surrounding forest to supposedly feed on babies. Legend holds that the melon heads may be... Uh, Where are they getting them from? Sh- shop. Uh, well, they burnt the orphanage, so there's just babies lying around. All right, fair enough. Uh, heads may be... The melon heads may be sighted along Wisner Road in Kirkland and Chardon Township. The melon... Are they or is that just made up? Huh? Was it they may be sighted along such they and such be. a road? They may be. Maybe if you're Maybe. lucky, it's yeah. like a whale. You know, you you go out, you go out in the ship or whatever. You can't guarantee you're going to see one. It's like the but, aurora you know, If you want to see one, this is you know, yeah. If you want to see it, this is where you're going to have to come. I went. But we to, can't promise you're going to. We can't promise it's going to happen. It's like a force of nature. I went to Tromso in the Arctic Circle for a week to see the Northern Lights. Yeah. Didn't see them. Didn't pan out, did it? No, the, atmospheric the, conditions. Not the week before I went, they were everywhere, and literally the day after I left, they were everywhere. So. Don't know, you know, these things happen. But I got well, to go to the Arctic your... Circle, so you know, either, either that or I affect the ionosphere somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the only data point we have, but we can't disregard it. So the melon head legend has been popularized on the internet, particularly on the website Creepy Cleveland and Dead Ohio, where users offer their own version of the story. And a movie, The Legend of the Melon Heads, released in 2010. Is based on the Ohio legends and other legends in the Kirkland area. Now, Chris, I'm guessing mm. that movie A does not have a particularly large budget, and B went straight. Whatever the equivalent of was it straight to streaming these days? It used to be straight oh. to video. Which I'm quite old. Old, but um, straight to YouTube or straight to DVD? Yeah, straight to YouTube. Yeah. Could be, but I mean, it's not. It's not very. Well, it's if, not unlike... if it's mentioned there, then I would assume it because YouTube would just be any old shit. I mean, we, even we could fucking do that. But um, we could be asked to film something. So I wonder which but, one uh, did better, the Melon Heads what's it, what's it... or Legend of the Melon Heads. So it's these... making me think about like Cone Heads with yeah. what's his face. Yeah. So oh, yeah, Melon Heads. I'm, I'm going to look this up. I want to. I want to see the Melon Heads Tito. Oh, so there's two movies, is there? Yes, so one based on the Michigan story and one based on uh, the Ohio one. Oh, so Legends of the... So this is so the Melonheads, immediately, it's a great start because um, it's uh, directed and written by the same person. Yeah. Or it doesn't star him as well. And not only does it not have a cover for the movie itself, but yeah, it you know, you've, you've got... There's a bloke holding up his hand doesn't. with blood on it. No, legend. that's, that's leg- Legend of the Melonheads. Ah, okay. I'm talking about the Melonheads. Ah, okay. And, yeah, absolutely none of the actors have got um, portraits. It's clearly the only movie they've ever been in. I would um, say the Legend of the Melonheads, it's also written and directed by the same person. By Brian C. Lawler. Yeah, but that's actually got a cover. And then let's have a look, see if any act... Yes, yeah, but you see... A, so, uh, you know, it's got Terry 
Gian Catero as Guy 2. Nice. Jeffrey Crane as Guy. Oh, there's someone yeah, called Gra- Grace Flynn play Sharon in this one. I wonder if we're related. Join four young adults. They set out to spend the weekend in Melonhead Country. Yeah, all filmed in the woods somewhere, I would imagine. <laughs> so it's just mostly you're walking around in the woods with your mate. I mean, that can work out quite well. You know, it worked for Evil Dead. You know, um, Sam Raimi, that's how he started his career. But uh, yeah, generally means a terrible, terrible movie. Well, I, um, I, I cannot neither confirm nor deny that, having never seen it. I'll, I'll enjoy it. Hey, do you know what, Bill? At least, do you know what? At least these people had to get up and go to go and make a film. Well, no, no, no. no do you no, know what, no, no easy task, especially as they've probably got no. proper jobs. And my, you know, my hats off to them. Anyone who creates anything and puts it out there, good luck to you. Um, no, the, the only one of those that really annoyed me actually was they did. Um, was, was it sort of yeah. Just to assume, but um, we we got some one of those DVD things, and it, it, it we were sort of watching bad movies at the time. But it was called something like Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter right. before they had those sort of mix-ups. But I asked my mate about it, and I said, "So does he just like you know fight with vampires all the way through dressed as Jesus?" And he's like, "No, he gets his hair cut in the first five minutes." Fuck that! <laughs> if you're going to make a film called Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, I want to fucking see him with long hair and a goatee beard all the way through, kicking ass for the Lord. Well. I hope I hope that you sent them a strongly worded letter. So <laughs> outrageous. Really fuck me. I still fucks me off to this day. Clearly. I haven't even you've, seen it. You've gone I wasn't gonna watch it after that. You've gone you've gone puce on the camera. <laughs> oh good lord. So the Connecticut Eclectic. So there isn't too much different in the first two legends, really. So the legend in Connecticut, let's see if this is any different. Several variations of the Melonhead legends can be found throughout southwest Connecticut, especially in central and eastern Fairfield County and western New Haven County, Connecticut. In the eastern Fairfield County, many tales can be found in, in communities such as Trumbull, Shelton, Stratford, Monroe, Eastern and Western. In central and uh, in western and central New Haven County, tales can be found in towns like Seymour, Oxford, Milford and Southbury. There are several primary... You're just reading place names to me now, Chris. I am. There are several primary Connecticut variations. According to one variation of the myth, Fairfield County was the location of an asylum for the criminally insane that burnt down in the fall of 1960, resulting in the death of all staff and most of the patients, with 10 or 20 inmates unaccounted for, supposedly having survived an escape into the woods. The legend. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: what, mm. what does this say about the uh, the regulation of their uh, insane asylums in, in America? I mean, lax. Yeah, it, it seems like it. Seems like any old Charlie can just set one up and burn it down. Do what I like. <laughs> yes, burn it down. Create some feral kids and then shove them all in a zoo for a laugh. Do some experiments. So the legend. Oh, yeah, you, know, you don't want too much red tape in your asylum. Obviously, you want to, want to you know, let the free market decide and all that. But I take a, I take a libertarian. I, I, I take a libertarian view on it that you don't want any yeah. government interference in setting asylums. Look, if I if hydrocephalitic kids wanted a properly run asylum, if I want to inject, they would pull themselves up by their bootstraps so they can afford a decent one. <laughs> So, if they don't want to be abused and experimented upon, then, you know. Well, exactly. So, the legend states that the Melonheads' appearance is a result uh, of them having uh, resorted to cannibalism in order to survive the harsh winters of the region and uh, to inbreeding, which in turn caused them to, ve- to develop the hypocephalus. Some retellings of this version substitute the asylum or prison with places of business or campgrounds and the inmates, patients with employees, staff or campgoers. Individual variations will modify what towns these individuals were originally from and where they end up. According to the second variation, the Melonheads are the descendants of a colonial era family from Shelton, uh, from Shelton Trumbull, who were banished after accusations of witchcrafts, which were made against them, causing them to retreat into the woods. As with the first version of the legend, this variation attributes the appearance to the Melonheads to inbreeding. Melonheads allegedly prey upon humans who wander into their territory. Like the first versions, individual 
uh, retellings will modify what town a family were originally from and where they end up. So, interestingly, again, we're using terms like humans. They prey on humans, mm. indicating they're not humans themselves. Yeah. Indicating that? I don't know. It's a bit. It sounds a bit judgmental to me. But what? So you would have prayed it said other humans? Well, yeah. <clears throat> or just prey on, you know, whatever. What? Bucks. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm just. But you're being a car, you snowflake. I've got, got quite a large head, haven't I? So I'm just I'm a bit worried. <laughs> is that, is that what this is about? Go out to America. He's going to sort of. Yeah. You're not going to be I'm treated so, as a human. You're going to be. They're going to get, get skipped out, Mellon. The they're going to. I'm going to go to a football game in the states. They're going to get skipped out, Mellon, and they're going to. They're going to see it's not fit. They're going to get angered. And they're going to shove me in a zoo. I help me with peanuts. From what I know of America, I would say in America you would have a normal-sized head. Fair enough. There's only 30% chance of that happening, there. <laughs> so well, here we go. So Dracula Drive, subheading. A number of Connecticut-based legends of the melon heads have one characteristic in common. The inclusion of a secluded, rustic or single-lane, usually dirt road, running through the melon heads wooded territory. Many towns in Fairfield County and New Haven County have rural forest detections, and it's not uncommon for these forests to have rural roads running through them. The roads at the time associated with local variations with the Melonhead legends are said to be part of the Melonhead's territory. In a number of towns, such as Shelton, Trumbull and Monroe, several legends place the Melonhead's territory around a mysterious and mythical street commonly referred to as Dracula Drive. Why Dracula Drive? I don't know. None of these these towns have a Melonhead legend. None of the towns that have a Melonhead legend have roads designated as Dracula Drive. Depending on what version of the legend is told, one of several existing streets is mistakenly referred to or coincidentally coincide with Dracula Drive mentioned in the Melonhead stories. For instance, some legends place the Melonhead territory in and around Sawmill City Road, in Shelton as Dracula Drive, some other roads mistakenly referred to as Dracula Drive include Edmund Road in Oxford, Velvet Street hmm, in Trumbull and Monroe, Zion Hill Road, Milford, the roads around Lake uh, uh, Mohegan in Fairhill in Fairfield, Marginal Road, New Haven, Jeremy Swamp Road <laughs> in Southbury. <laughs> Do you want to go down Jeremy Swamp? And Parton Rose in and around the Roosevelt Forest in Stratford. That not Jeremy Swamp. He was a good man. Did a lot of work for charity. I mean, so, so what's the, what was the point in that entire seg- segment? So, so they're giving so you actual legend- actual roads which are meant to be Dracula Drive. Oh, okay. So pick what people locally call it Dracula Drive. But actually, it's called Jeremy Swamp Road or something. Yeah. So, I still don't understand why they're calling it Dracula Drive. I get that there's some melonheads live there and frighten everyone, but yeah. why well, would you call it Melonhead Drive or Freak Drive or what, something? I don't know. Freak, nice, Freak, Freak Drive was um, one of my favourite Parliament uh, albums. Yeah. <laughs> Up in the mothership. Yeah. Ow, Freak Drive. I was um, going to be like, oh, what's his name? Rick Baker, was it? Who's that? What's that bassist? I've forgotten his name. Bootsy Freaks. No, not Bootsy Collins. Oh, well, he did Super Freak. Oh, no, Super Freak was Rick James. No, it wasn't. Rick James, sorry, that's what I was thinking of. Um, So, the Connecticut legend, inspirations and origins. Characters of the legend evolve and parts of various versions of the legend affect other parts' versions of the legend. Interesting writing. For example, some legends claim the Melonheads would bite or consume whoever entered their territory. Also, the Melonheads' territory commonly involves a secluded rustical dirt road running through it. This is the one instance where the elements of legend interact over time and where some actual streets are mistakenly referred to as Dracula Drive. In Connecticut, some inspirations for the number of versions of Melonhead's legend may be attributed to local surroundings and landmarks. Central Fairfield County is home to a now-defunct Fairfield Hills State Mental Hospital, as well as the Ghana Correctional Institution, both located in Newtown, as well as the Federal Collection. Blah, 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 blah. That's boring. Stories about deformed country people who keep themselves to themselves are a common legend. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's probably not 
you know, it's probably not unknown. It's because I've heard this where you get very isolated rural communities and people are very, very independent and all the rest of it. And they'll just sort of like, you know, get off my land yeah. as, as it would be over here, you know, or gun mm. you down sort of thing. So, yeah, I could sort of see that happening in rural communities. It might be sort of like a creepy family that people steer clear of. Yeah. It's a bit odd. And they're probably, you know, and there would be instances of incest very rarely, but you imagine it would stick well, in the it public, time to time, public thing. Especially if they're very isolated, yeah. While the legend of the Melonheads is more widely told throughout southwest Connecticut, one of several other similar legends of deformed or mutated humans can be found in various locations of Fairfield and New Haven County. These legends have been told in overlapping communities where some individuals have told versions of one legend alongside other individuals who have told versions of another legend. Over time, this overlapping oral tradition may have allowed the cross-contribution of elements to each other. Some similar legends include the Danbury Frog, frog People. <laughs> the face- I mean, I'm sorry, you're, you're going up, you're going up a notch from hydrocephalitic to a frog person. Certainly are. Um, you know, I mean, were they amphibious? The Faceless People of Monroe and Mongoloid Village, which. Oh, that's a bit. That's uh, that's bad on two fronts. Which I believe that we won't both right, racially and um, and uh, you know from other other perspectives, unacceptable these days. So here are. Um, so I'm going to give you some unique, the most unique backstories fueling the Melonheads urban legends on from Ranker. So we'll we'll see we'll see what these are like. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jen Lennon wrote this, and it was updated in February 6th, 2020. So, list rules. Vote for the freakiest Melonhead backstories. So I should probably do 10 to 1, really, shouldn't I? I mean, all, all I seem to have grasped so far is mm. either inbred farmhands or inbred farmers or, um, you know, escape from the insane asylum. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think that's fine. Both. I think yeah. that's fine. So you've got ten, ten backgrounds here. This be well, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> it's going to be very much variations on the same thing. Yeah. So, if you're not from Michigan, oh, so this is the preamble. If you're not from Michigan, Ohio, or Connecticut, you may not have heard of the Melonheads urban legend. Each state has several oh, versions of the tales, but they all centre around one thing: mysterious humanoids with large, bulbous heads. Sometimes they're a result of inbreeding. Sometimes they're a result of experiments gone wrong. They live in isolation in the woods and are usually believed to have nefarious intentions. This list explores the origin of some of these legends, from Melonheads in Felt Mansion to Melonheads in Ohio and Connecticut. They are first-hand encounters. Ooh. Tales that have been passed down from generation, ponce generation, and somewhat rational explanations. Is any of it true? Read through the counts for yourself. So, 10. I'm just going to go down to 10. Yeah. So, the seminary. One person. Priests. One person claims there is a non-spooky explanation behind the Melonhead stories in Michigan. They prayed really hard for a large-headed crib. <laughs> for a large head for themselves. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they could fit Lord, more... Lord, please let... Please let not fit them. on me. Yeah. Felt Mansion used to be... I'd be a... embarrassing when it became Pope, wouldn't it? Well, they've got a massive hat. Yeah. I'd cover that up. Yeah. They'll be able to lay it out. Um, Felt Mansion used to be a seminary, and... Uh, and the Grand Haven Tribune spoke with one of its former students. He said, Rumours start because of the unknown. The Melonheads were actually seminaries, seminarians, 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 at St. Augustine Seminary in the Felt Mansion. The local kids used to call us that because it was a private school and we were brainy. Hmm. Yep. We were called boff at school sometimes. Gave up. I used to get called Professor by the dad of one of my friends, which, um, but kind of in a snide way because yeah. it was clever. In a disapproving way. <laughs> don't like, we don't like thinking in this country, do we? Well, Getting above yourself. Do you think you are? Um, witchcraft, number nine. 
Another story from the Trumbill, Connecticut area conveys that in colonial times, a family was accused of witchcraft, we know this one, and banished from a settlement now forced to live in the surrounding woods, far removed from society. Since they could not interact with the people in the town, they bred with each other to continue the bloodline. The resulting children would have formed and continued inbreeding, slowly turned their descendants into melanets. Okay, so inbreeding. So we've got the most likely one, probably, which is just, they had a name called Melonheads just because they didn't like their local priests because they were a bit, you know, chatting on in Latin. Fuck's that all about? Okay. And inbred. Well, we've already done that. So Connecticut seminarians. There are rumours that an insane asylum near Trumbull, Connecticut, but around in the 60s, so we've kind of done this one. Lived yeah, in right, the so. uh, Oh, the benevolence Dr. Crow. Uh, in Ohio, there are two... So this is number seven. In Ohio, there make are two... big for your own good. <laughs> you'll thank, you'll thank, thank you. 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 Thank Two prominent origin stories. One is about the benevolent Dr. Crow, who lived off uh, Wisner Rose in Kirkland, Kirtland, which just so happens to be right uh, right near a rumoured crybaby bridge. Mm. Right near a crybaby bridge. Yeah. Dr. Crow yeah. took in children with hydro. It was a rumoured bridge. Well, there's a picture of it here. Oh, okay, seems fairly factual to me, but fair enough. Well... Yeah, but I mean, the rumours that it's called the Crybaby Bridge. Almost. Oh, right, okay. God, you're being very you're being very snarky. What's wrong with you? Just trying to find something to do with this material, Chris, but there we go. <laughs> All right, new coke. <laughs> Dr. Crow <laughs> took in children with hydrocephalus and gave them a warm, loving home. Ah. Oh. There you go. The neighbours were repulsed and caused them melon heads. But you're Dr. not taking any non-hydrocephalistic kids? No, no. fuck them. Yeah. Uh, They're freaky little got tiny skulls Don't care for them <laughs> uh, But the neighbours were repulsed and caused them melon heads But Dr. Crow did his best to shield them From the cruel comments of others well, when, he, right when he passed of natural causes His adopted children were scared and alone With no one to take care of them Enraged and fearful of the outsiders They burnt down the house with Dr. Crow inside And escaped into the woods they continued to live there where interbreeding brought out the worst of their genes. Eventually, they became less human, more humanoid. Local law depicts now, them as territorial and angry, responsible for attacks, kidnapping, and theft of pets, livestock for food, and livestock for food. Well, you know, got to live off something. I mean, just pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. Now, uh, so he's, what he's done there is he's shouted them a bit too much, hasn't he? Yeah, understandably, he wants to protect them from from a harsh modern world, but it's kind of like gross. kind of like you know the mayor of fire, the it? mayor of South End with his with his uh, rat boy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just stick it in a little little stick place it. where it can go and do a bit of feeding. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, so Dracula Drive number six. There are many streets of Connecticut that are known colloquially as Dracula Drive. The Melonheads are said to lurk around these roads. In Fairfield, Dracula Drive is a nickname for Velvet Street, a place where Megan O'Connell was when something terrifying happens, Neil. Mm-hmm. According to Weird New England, your guide to New England's local legends and best-kept secrets, Megan and a group of her friends decided they wanted to do something fun after a high school, high school football game in the early 80s. Megan's friend Debbie had a four Granada. Mm. Okay, take that down Dracula Drive. Be a bit of a laugh. <laughs> and they all piled in in search of adventure. They ended up on Velvet Street, where they got out of the car to look for some melon heads. As they searched the woods, they heard Debbie's car turn on behind them. Stunned, they run back to where it was parked. The headlights were flashed, and suddenly the car came barreling towards them. They took cover as the car drove by and saw the occupants, creatures that could almost pass for human if it were not for their bulbous heads. So now I have to drive. Oh, fair enough. Good, isn't it? Well, well you went looking for melon heads, you found melon heads. <clears throat> exactly. We so that, it, Just because they happened to steal your car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what the, world's, like, the world's like, oh, no, I've crashed my car drink driving, and we're going to get the insurance money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Push it into a creek and say that melon heads nicked it. Yeah, melon heads <laughs> got it, didn't they? <laughs> Nothing to do with me. 
No, <laughs> no it's, I suppose it's a bit like when you go to one of those, um, what are they called? Is it like um, one of those wild parks where you just sort of you don't don't get out of the car when the monkeys are hopping about or whatever? Yeah. You know, you, you know, drive through one of those drive through zoos. Drive through zoo. I'll have, I'll have I a monkey, what please. They're called. That'll be six quids. No, they put you, they put you in like an incline. Yeah, Safari Park. I can't remember. <laughs> Drive through um, zoo. <laughs> I've never been through one. Yeah. I'll have an elephant, two giraffes. What do you want, kids? Yeah, give the give the rhino a poke. I'll have a look at that, and then I'm, then I'm back back down the M25. Um, damn, I don't know. Round the M25. Um, I don't drive this much. One can clearly tell. Unlike a melon head. Unlike a melon head. Yeah, they've, they've picked up that skill. Well, I could. I, no, I reckon I could. I can drive a car. I just don't have a license. Can you? It's been, I, yeah, I was up to test standard at one point. Have you got clutch control? Uh, okay, not brilliant. I had a dream last... I can, I can work a clutch. I had a dream last night that I was redoing driving lessons, um, but just in an automatic, because that's what I'm thinking of doing in real life. But, mm. um, yeah, I had a dream that I was doing it, so maybe I should get on clutch with it. Clutch was the hardest part for me. I've always heard that supposedly reverse maneuvers supposed to be difficult, but actually not. Like no, reverse is fine. Yeah, yeah, it's clutch control is the hardest part, I found. Well, I just thought, to be honest... Most was all right. at least half cars you can buy now, like second hand or automatics, and I'm not that yeah, yeah. bothered about I don't need to drive a a manual or a stick shift. No, you can always rent out an automatic or buy an automatic if you need to. I just to, thought so, do yeah. that. Not that I'll get a car now, but I mean it probably is something that's useful. If you, if you did want to well, buy thing, one or something. The thing is as I look as I look to my future as in, as increasingly isolated, um <laughs> <laughs> um, the, well, you do live on Dracula Drive. I do live on head for a flatmate, so I don't know what you're expecting, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I tried thing, to get on with him, but he's quite terrifying. He does, he does is, scream and wail, though. The thing is, I think of kind of going on holiday and that kind of stuff, and um, you can get around the public transport to an extent, but hmm. there are places you'd like to go and see maybe that there isn't public transport links, so it'd be good yeah, to be able to hire a car. You've got the choice, at least, yeah. So I'm thinking that I'll probably... That's what this millionaire was thinking. Yeah. I'm go- yeah He's I'm- bored of living on Dracula Drive. He's yeah. like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to go up to Ohio or something. Yeah, I'm going to go, yeah, go and have a look. Just wait for some snotty things to come and gawp at me, and then I'll be right in. Go and have a look at like one of those um, American roadside things, like World's Biggest Shoe or whatever. Do you reckon he wears like, a little mask like the Elephant Man when he goes out by petrol? He's got like one of them straw hats. I think he probably just puts an, an, a, sack on his head. a melon on his head and claims to be a supporter yeah. of the Rams. Yeah, go the Rams. <laughs> yeah, go Rams. I'm off to LA. <laughs> so, number five is the evil Dr. Crow. So, not so benevolent now, Neil. One of the two origin stories in Ohio depicts an evil man known as Dr. Crow. It said that he used to take, take in orphans and perform horrifying medical experiments on them in his secluded house. Sadly, this is more believable. <laughs> he injected fluid into their brains, causing the characteristics yeah. of swollen skull. To what end? He just wanted to prove what was causing the swelling in the skull. Well, and, and now to the Royal Society. <laughs> what causes an exoskeleton? Yeah, we know that. Like, literally, that's what hydrocephalitic means. You kind of get the feeling that he might have been... A water skull. He, might, mean, have been, he might have been brought over during Operation Paperclip, and he might have... And he may have... He may have been working in Germany during the war. He's just one of these people that wants to prove things that were proved quite a while ago. It's just like, you know... Just, yeah. Well, how do we know it's not flat earth, Chris? How do we know it's... It was a science. <laughs> pretty fucking rigorously documented if you could be fucked to do any research and understand it. So his experiments continued for years and the children became more desperate with each passing day, as you would do, uh, until they finally revolted and slew him. They set fire to the house, retreated into the woods where they still live to this day. Maybe he just had put all of his money into shares of a hat business and, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> He wasn't going well, and he just thought, this is the only way out. They'll say I'm insane. But when you're in a corner like I am, it's the only sane choice you've got left. I might lose up, I might lose upwards of 5% of my fortune. Yeah. <laughs> As I do. Can't have that. Can't have that. It's between that and having to create, you know, an army of children. huge melon-headed children. Well, I'm sorry, you know. Yeah. Speculate to accumulate, Chris. <laughs> so, number four, unlucky explorers. Weird Michigan, 
your travel guide to Michigan's local legends and best kept secrets includes a first person uh, encounter with a melon head. Kelly. Uh, <laughs> it's been interviewed. You've got some footage on YouTube. That'd be good. There is footage oh, on YouTube. It's just, look, it's just, you know, I've got, you know, really poor self image as it is without you fuckers <laughs> turning me into a monster. So I just got, you know. It's just, it's just, it's just like a bald man with a slightly <laughs> big head. Like, yeah, it's just slightly, slightly bigger than normal head. So Kelly, I, even, I wasn't even that bothered about it until people started, you know, calling me <laughs> melon, melon, melon head. Fuck's sake, <laughs> chase me into the woods. At first, I was like, well, no, I, I don't, I don't support the LA Rams. I <laughs> uh, got very confused. Kelly, top uh, Bedrosian claims that she was exploring the ground of the then-abandoned Felt Mansion with her friends one night. Oh, when that's she, her story. Uh, yeah. Uh, when one night she saw a man in the distance. He had an unusually large head, but she wasn't scared. Then he started walking towards them. She writes... And now she's scared. <laughs> she writes, Not knowing who this man could be, my friend yelled, Hello! To try and be friendly. But all we got was a loud, loud grunt, and the man continued to walk towards us, but now at a faster pace, like T-1000. <laughs> He's chasing the car. Speeding up. <laughs> at this point, the same idea hit all of us, and we started... Still racks him right onto his massive head. We started sprinting towards our car. We scrambled in and peeled out of the parking lot at full speed, not slowing down till we were several miles from the mansion. End story. It might have been a squat or something, mightn't it? Yeah, it might have been Some a squat. Kids poking around. Might have been the security guards. He had to. Yeah, it could have been the security guards. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, right? Not great. Not great story, is it? Not, really? great, not great story. And also, oh, you never guess what happened to me this weekend. Went out to look at the haunted mansion. Yeah. And how? And uh, you never guess. Geese with a massive fucking head chasing after us. <laughs> I was terrified. Well, until he started chasing towards us, that was fine at first. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a tough man, but if there was one big-headed bloke and me and all my friends, I mean, how much of a physical coward do you have to be to turn and to sprint off to your car? You say that, Chris, but if he headbutts you, you're in trouble. Well, it's in, with my with my with my melon heads, my thick melon heads. I doubt it. Well, you wouldn't be scared because we're both melon heads ourselves. He'd welcome us in and offer us a slice of brother, a slice of baby. Yeah, we'd like to go in there, a slice of baby and a mint julep. Have a lovely time. So, number three, nuclear experiments. Oh, that's good. A story... Did they do many nuclear experiments in Michigan or Ohio? I'm sure they're not, not that they tell you. But... Well, we don't know, do we? A story... We'll explain in, a few things. A weird... A story in Weird USA, your travel guide to uh, America's local legends and best kept secret. So these are all from a travel guide to... So the Weird Michigan, Weird Ohio, Weird yeah, US... Yeah, introducing it with a... Yeah. So these are all basically from the same, the same website. So, well, I'll be honest with you, we've not got the feature set of New York, so we're going to have to be creative about selling. <laughs> we've got three houses, yeah. <laughs> a few melon heads and a Dracula drive, so uh, get a bit creative about how we get the tourists in here. So, it tells... I haven't even got a fucking shopping mall anymore. <laughs> no, just shut down. Just drive through. Uh, it tells of yet another version of the melon head legend in Ohio. Uh, Paul I recounts who's Will Paul I uh, recounts of what he heard as a teenager in the swinging sixties. I've added swinging in there to spice it up yeah. a bit, punch it up. It probably wasn't Carnaby Street, but fair enough. No. According to Paul, some teenager saw a melon head along the side of a road um, walk uh, walk into the woods, and they followed him to a farmhouse deep in the woods. Well. Two adults and several children with malformed heads sat on a porch. One said... (laughs) (laughs) Don't you be looking at my melon heads! (laughs) (laughs) Melon heads ain't for you, boy! They're mine! One said that he was a nuclear scientist of World War II and that radiation exposure and the radiation exposure he suffered caused a deformity in his children. 
Mm, sounds like the old true plausible. <laughs> when, <laughs> when Paul and some of his friends went looking for the farmhouse, they were intercepted by several police officers who tried hard to convince them the story was fiction. That that, that made them even more convinced of the existence yeah, of the melon. A likely story. Yeah, whatever. Mm. It's a cover up. Number two is simply called Run! Exclamation point. Well, they should be getting better theoretically, shouldn't they? Do you guess? Uh, can you guess where this comes from? Um, <laughs> in Weird US, a travel guide to America's local legends of best kept secrets. A man oh, nice. named Tony recounts nice. his encounter with a melon head in Charlotte, from it? Ohio. Wow. Tony was driving uh, with his family down uh, Chili Cove Road when they came to a section of the road with fields on both sides. There was an irrigation ditch separating the roads from the fields. That's where Tony spotted him. So <laughs> just a, a field full of melon heads, just <laughs> picking corn. He explained. I looked out of my window and saw him, a melon head. He or it was running next to the ditch. We were going about 45, 50 mile per hour, and the melon here was actually keeping up with us. Okay, so they can, they can run up 45 miles very fast. Hour. Which is weird yeah. because they're not very aerodynamic. No, well, you know, they're very strong. Really powerful legs. Yeah. Uh, Tony goes on to describe the melon head's clothes. He had ripped brown pants, white shirt with red stains, and it appeared to be about five foot seven, Light brown skin, large head, two holes where the ears should have been. The creature then jumped into the woods as their car went around the curve in the road. There you go. And just out for a jog. Just out for a night. Uh, out for a sprint. Out for a 60 mile an hour jog. <laughs> yeah. you know, can you do? But we all do. Yeah. Uh, so, and number one is Junction Insane Asylum. Uh, is which, this from perfectlynormalamerica.com? No, no, it's not. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> that. So, uh, so there's an abandoned building. I think we've done this, but I'll skim it. There's an abandoned building near Felt Mansion in Holland, Michigan. The government insisted it was part of the June's Correctional Facility, a low-security prison, which was shut down. Some locals, however, believe that it was once the site of the Junction and Tame Asylum. The Allegan County Historical Society claims the asylum never existed, and it's just part of local law. But maybe it did exist, and maybe it had something to do with melon heads. One version of the legend goes like this. Some children with uh, hydro... Uh, Salophis, uh, Sal- I keep getting that wrong. Hydrocephalus. Uh, oh, I can't do it now. Hydrocephalus. A condition to cause brain cell with excess uh, cero, cerospinal fluid. Cerebrospinal fluid. That's the kiddie. Uh, and the head of Baden Large lives in the Junction Sailor Asylum. They're mentally and physically affected as a result of their condition. And because of the experiments fallen them by staff, some of them became feral and then went to live in the woods. <laughs> so that's that. Is there anything else? Ooh. I mean, that merited a top three at most, to be honest with you. Yes. Um, so I saw mid- one running once. So according to the New England Historical Society, stories about deformed country people who kept themselves to themselves go back at least a century into Europe. For example, a large family of melon heads supposedly once lived in Bavaria, Germany in the 19th century. And an inbred family of uh, melon heads known as Weeble heads were said to live in, live outside Risbury, England around 1900. Oh, they still do. They still do. Good. Uh, yeah, nice, nice powerful, people. Powerful family. Couldn't, couldn't do it. I'll tell you what, they're good community leaders. Couldn't do enough for you. Salt of the earth. Yeah, salt of the earth. Beautiful people. Um, I mean, look, to be honest with you, this, yeah, I, I can see this. It, it just seems to be like a bit of um, here's an, here's an interesting know, prejudice one. about people who live in rural areas. Well, it? according to another theory, the term melon heads may stem, may stem from uh, melangian, which describes mi- the mixed-race people in Appalachia. They have ancestry of European outcasts, freed slaves, and Native Americans, and kept themselves themselves. I've heard of these. They're quite fascinating um, mm. subgroup of people. 
I don't. I don't believe the etymology there, though. To be honest with you, no. I just don't call them mellow heads because it's a story about people with large heads. And I don't think there's that you know that many people knocking around with hydrocephalic disorders or sort of whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't know how common a condition it is. I think it's fairly rare. I think it's fairly rare. So Neil, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's all the information that we've got. So should we go to our scoring system? Yeah, let's let's go to scores. Would you like to discuss some right. further? <laughs> no, I, I think we've. Uh, I'm trying to think what you call it. We've, ju- we've juiced this melon for about as much as we can. We've put enough really vodka work, in but... this melon, ready for yeah, it's, the, it's ready the, for the party, for the, the scoring. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, spookiness, Neil, you go first. Uh, it's fairly standard, kind of. I mean. It's lacking those kind of embellishments. It's like we've had people, they've either been running on the road or they've run at them or whatever. I mean, they're, they're cannibals, I guess, mm. but the whole kind of like cannibal sort of rural incest people cannibals. is like penny penny. Yeah, well, of course it's going to be incestuous. You know, tenner penny. Who wouldn't? Knocking around the aisle. Yeah, wait, <laughs> get a grip on that head. Who wouldn't want to? Who could resist? Um yeah, it's. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't like shiver my timbers that much. It's not. Um, it's not that uh, terrifying to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, I can imagine like if you were out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and um, you know, you were you were at sort of un- unwelcome or whatever, and you maybe because you're sort of like you've driven out there to sort of like you have a have a peek at people, or whatever. Or, or you just get trapped or something. You know, I mean, that's kind of the premise of a lot of those kind of horror movies, isn't it? But um, yeah, inherently, it's, I you know, it's just people with a deformity at the end of the day, which I don't think is something you sort of take down as particularly spooky. Um, other than you know, and then they've just added a lot of backstories about you know being cannibalistic or feral or whatever else. So I'm going to give this a three. So what we're getting here is you're giving this. This is less spooky to you than New Coke. <laughs> Well, does does rampant capitalism scare me more than a kid with a large head? Yeah, something terrifying about that. It's... Right. So I think it is a bit more spooky. Um, it's a good. Like, I mean, it's got it's got horrible doctors. It's got people being abused who have got who are born with um, with medical conditions. It's got them turning on people, killing them, setting fire to everything, running off into the woods, then being very angry at society, sort of inbreeding, becoming sort of feral, uh, attacking people, stealing pets and livestock, um, you know, cannibal stuff. They look, they do look, they look scary because humans are sort of naturally scared by people who are humans but look different. So I think it's I think it's a fairly scary one. Um, it's not the most scary, but I think you know if you're out in the woods and stuff, and you thought you know and saw something like this, I think it would shit you up pretty good. So um, there's a lot of elements to it. Um, yeah, so I mean I'm I'm, I'm going up to I'm giving it a seven now. Fair enough, evens out. Believability. Um, so. Hypocephalus, cephalus, does hydrocephalus does it does exist? Um, uh, I, you know, and, and people in the past have done to sort of unwanted children and stuff. They're, they've not been treated very well, so there's a believability and stuff there. I mean, none of it's saying that it's supernatural. So you know, that's. I don't know. Like they prob- they're, they're probably not about. But I mean, there's nothing inherently unbelievable here, um, except for. I mean, it's difficult for us to think because we live in quite a small country, which isn't very doesn't have many woods. So, but I guess you know, there's plenty of quite wild areas for a group of people to hide if they if they were so inclined in America. Um, so they could do 50 miles an hour on a short sprint. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, if he'd gone to the Olympics, the same bolt would have been a bit less cocky, wouldn't they? Oh, exactly. 
Um, so, that. It's a melon head coming through. <laughs> just leaves it to the last last 50 metres and then just yeah. absolutely rinses him. So, I mean, there's nothing... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think it's... it's For an urban legend, I think it's fairly believable. So I'm going seven again, Neil. Yeah, no, I kind of tend to agree, to be honest with you. There's nothing majorly... Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's loads of lurid stuff in here, like, you know, like insane doctors experimenting and uh, the cannibalism and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, I mean, kind of, um, you know, you could see, sadly, you know, people are, um, you know, being hidden away in the asylum or something. I suppose, where it, yeah, where it gets a bit sort of gothic and melodramatic is where they all end up sort of like, you know, um, inbreeding and kind of like, you know, the asylum breaks down or they all sort of go feral and stuff like that. So, yeah, actually, I'm not, I'm not too... That that doesn't strike me as as believable. Yeah, you know, kind of like the, the some of the origin stories. I, I don't know. There's about twenty different origin stories here, but um, I'm going to go fifty fifty. Give it a five. Okie dokie. So reach Neil. I'd never heard of them. Um, I was getting it mixed up with cone heads or a band called the Lemon Heads. Um, so yeah, I'd. I don't think this has probably got massive reach. Um, I mean, obviously it's out there on the internet as all these things are now. Um, three states. I, three, yeah, three states out of fifty is not a lot, is it? Um, no, but that's where they originate. That's where they've got. That's where they originate from. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know how you know how many states they've been known in. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I don't I don't know that this has got massive reach. To be honest with you, um, two films, could, two very very bad films that are just yeah. You've not seen them. You can't say that. They may be wonderful films, that's true. Or like, two very, very cheaply produced. I think I can speak for the production on those films. I'm sure they were working um, to the best of their ability and, um, you know, good luck to them. But, uh, yeah, they, they, it's not like they're invested in a major Hollywood motion picture or something. So uh, I'm going to go... I don't I don't really know, but my sense on this is I'm going to go for a four. Okay. Be generous. So um, I like... I think it's interesting that it's got an origin story from like in three different, it's got three different states. It's not like, you know, um, like the Luke Guru or something, which is probably better known, but that's I, just, I like it localized though. Yeah. But I mean, there's must be something about this that it's got local, that, that I don't know, that people have grabbed onto it in three different places. Um, I think for the people who know about this sort of thing, it's probably well known, and it's got the it's got a couple, you know, it's well enough known to films. I don't think it's huge, but um, I mean, I'm you know I'm I'm having a look at the references, and it's been in a lot of books and stuff, and of kind of urban legends and that kind of thing. So, um, although uh, it, I don't think it has you know, stuff to itself, but it's a known thing that people talk about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not bad, but yeah, I think I'll give it, I'll give it a five, a five for each. Um, and narrative premise. Well, <clears throat> it's kind of, you know, it's an old kind it's a, it's a deviation on quite an old story of kind of outsides and stuff at its heart or people getting, People who are different being abused and then becoming the hunters, the hunted becoming the hunters, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got it's got kind of different different elements to it. Um, it's not. I don't know. It feels to me like a story with some basis in fact somewhere, like the you know people. Maybe there was someone who took in kids who had this this um, affliction at some yeah. point, and then sort of stories grew up around it as 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 they would do in the past, whenever that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all right. It's nothing too original. The melon head thing's quite original. Um, it being around a specific affliction's quite original. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it. Give it a. I'm going to give it a six. Neil, how about you? Well, 
again, narrative premise, there's a little bit here, but and there's something that annoys me, which I'm going to get into. So there's, as you say, there's the sort of like, you know, the, the, the fact that there's these, you know, the notion of, you know, these kids with a deformity and then they sort of like end up sort of like being kind of triggered. But I think what I don't like is it just ends up sort of, they end up then becoming the sort of the bad guys, if you like. Um, cause it, cause it, you know, the, the whole idea of like some, some inbred weirdos in the middle of the country is, you know, I mean, you have those kind of things, sort of the jokes and stuff like about that and sort of like in, in throughout Europe, I'm sure, and throughout the US. And just like a distrust of people that the sort other. Of live, live out in the deep country. Yeah. And the other, cause you don't understand them. Um, but it, and then, then, yeah, what, what I don't like is a bit like, I don't know if you've ever seen, there was a Tom Hanks movie from the eighties called The Burbs. Yeah. And they, uh, they had like some Europeans mm-hmm. moved into the all American street or so. I don't know, they were Polish oh, or something. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but then I thought that the twist was going to be that everyone realized at the end that actually they, no, were, they just, were murderers. You know, they were just different. Or... But no, the twist really was actually now they were all murderous psychopaths, yeah. which I just thought was really pointless and stupid. Um, so it's that kind of the fact that they've gone in that direction really constrains it as a narrative for me because it's like, yeah, no, they are freaks. Yeah. And you should be afraid but... of anyone. <clears throat> It wouldn't be which, much of a, it wouldn't be much of a sort of scary story if it was like ah oh, and then they uh you know they opened up a string of shops. Do you know what? Maybe that would maybe that would be the best kind of urban method. Like ah, oh, do you know what? And then he <laughs> and then he became president. And then, and then they became I mean, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, well, it might be. Have you ever seen Ben? And, um, do you think it's those two people that used to be on the side of the tub? Well, I can see. Um, I've had a look at the yeah. metadata, and that is Photoshop. The heads actually are a lot bigger than they show on the side of the yeah. tub. So, so you know, so make of that what you make of that what you will, people. Yeah, you might be right, but I just think I think it sort of it limits it a little bit. Um, I mean, the thing is, you don't have to. You don't have to twist one way or another, is it? It's, you can just be, um, you know, oh, I don't know. It, 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 maybe this is just me reading into it too much. I'm gonna. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll split the diff and give it a five. Give it a five. So that gives us an overall urban score legend of 42, riding the bell. <laughs> there you go. Like so many of them. Straight down the middle. Straight down the middle. Well, that's it's it. A very average podcast. That's what we Very do. well. So I bring you below the average most... podcast. Yeah. We bring you the most forgettable stories from across the internet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> To make sure to make sure you sleep easy tonight. <laughs> we don't want it. We don't want to scare you. Don't want to scare you. You know, we're you thinking know. of you. Exactly. We've got your our intentions are good, and we've got you might. Oh, we could. We could. We you could might tell you some real tales. Turn your hair yeah. white. Yeah, but we've got shrink your balls into your. Tank. <laughs> all your all your breasts. We don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, you know, we're looking out for you, really. Um, you can't be trusted, so it's down to us to make sure you have a good night's sleep with yet another boring tale of the expected. <laughs> yeah. So, with that... Yeah, another five out of ten. <laughs> Little Road, Kenny G... Um, the Elevator Music Podcast from me, Chris, and him, Neil. And with that, I will. I wish you a frank and productive week. And yes. uh, goodbye. All the best. Bye. Bye.